single Saturday on these airwaves. That's right, it's Citizen Watch. The bonus half hour. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Come on! Yeah, that's humor said. No, every single Saturday on these airwaves, that's right, the bonus half hour on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. It's Saturday, 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 Saturday. i got to get ready for the next segment. You know, Dave Luna has a staff. He has a four or five people around here that take care of every whim that he has because we call him the Big Kahuna, Dave Luna. That's right. Hopefully folks have caught his show Saturday night. I told him he ought to do till midnight like Wolfman out there bringing home the uh bringing home the teenagers after a, a, a heavy date but uh no they only give it an hour so uh Saturday night this station you don't want to miss the big kahuna Dave Luna on these airwaves as well as all of our shows you can always listen online in real time with your app on your mobile device of course you can always go to 1480kyos.com Way over on the right-hand side, on the upper bar, is a little tab called Podcasts. You hit that, you'll not only see Citizen Watch first, but you'll see Community Conversations. You can always listen to Roger's great six great episodes. Come on at 7 a.m. every Saturday. If you're up at that time. Oh, as you know, we had a 6 a.m. show. Original content. 8 o'clock was Barbara Levy. So happy that she came in. We're going to get her in again. Because there's a lot going on in the elections. And of course, when I recorded that, uh, it was before RBG passed away yesterday after a long bout with pancreatic cancer, some other health ailments. Of course, she was a Supreme Court of the United States judge up there, uh, SCOTUS, one of the three branches of government. Very important. Importante. This will be the third appointment that President Trump will have. And, uh, you know, it's not the election, folks. You know, people, oh, you know, the election's 45 days. <laughs> Inauguration's not until January. I hate to tell you. I know that, that uh, that's a eon away compared to news cycles and things like that. Let me tell you, it's going to get ugly. Oh, you thought Kavanaugh was fun? <laughs> oh, just wait. Just wait for whoever. And I hope they're ready. You talk about having iron underwear, man. It, it's really, and, you know, here you are just trying to do something good. But Ruth Bader, she was no shrinking violet when it came to criticism of President Trump, especially back in uh, July of 2016, way before the election. Of course, she was in the bag for Hillary. Hillary's husband had appointed her in 1993. She was a big uh, left-of-left liberal uh, lion. Uh, you know, tried to, uh, <clears throat> tried to legislate from the bench, quite frankly, with some of her decisions. Fortunately, a lot of the decisions were in the minority, as it is a conservative-leaning court. But a lot of 5-4 decisions, Roberts has been a disappointment to a lot of conservatives. Now, <laughs> now it will be a different court. And again, it doesn't need to be by the election, my friends. We have until January of next year, which is, again, a long, long time away. But I read in the first hour, the 6 a.m. hour, some comments that Ruth Bader had made to the press, which is highly unusual for a sitting Supreme Court justice. Uh, you're supposed to stay out of the fray. It's kind of like at the, uh, what is that, State of the Union address. They sit there. They don't clap hands on their lap. You know, they're very, very, very stoic, almost like the generals. 
Again, you're supposed to show that uh, separation, if you will, that respect for the different offices. And even though you may disagree, I mean, people are people are people. Obviously, a judge, uh, you know, should not publicly endorse or impose a candidate for public office. This is what the Code of Conduct says for United States judges. Now, this is not applicable to the Supreme Court judges. They're a little bit above that. I read from an article from the Washington Post way back in 2016. They go on to say, no doubt this restriction requires judges and justices to muzzle themselves and to a certain extent to pretend they either do or do not think various things that they obviously do or do not believe. As the saying goes, however, hypocrisy is the compliment vice pays to virtue. And this is where... Justice Ginsburg, RBG, got into trouble back in 2016 because she was in the bag for Hillary and could not show her hypocrisy as being an impartial judge of the situation. And I hearken back to the Gore-Bush debacle, the hanging Chad, the Florida recount, the what is a vote, did a vote vote, did a vote vote vote, what is a vote, did we get all the votes? You know, it was like Jim Costa counting the votes of Johnny Teixeira. Hey, I found a bag in tranquility. Can we count these? Well, sure, Jim. And so there was a lot of shenanigans going on. A lot of people feel still to this day that Gore had the election taken from him. And the Supreme Court, as you remember, got involved in that. Now, when you have a partisan justice, as Ruth Bader Ginsburg was... Isn't it good that we don't have to worry about this upcoming election? Because if you don't, <laughs> if you don't think there's going to be legal challenges, my friends, well, guess again. The lawyers are being hired. The retentions are being paid. The briefs are being prepared. Any little hiccup, burp, voter suppression, perceived or otherwise, will be litigated. And these could go to the Supreme Court. So you need to have impartial justices and Ruth Bader Ginsburg proved that she was not impartial, which again, we all know we are. We all know we have uh, opinions. We obviously have opinions. And to deny that would be foolish. But when you're in those positions, especially the highest judge of the land, you have to show publicly that impartiality the article said yet justice ginberg justice ginsburg's off-the-cuff remarks about the campaign fall into that limited category of that limited category of candor that we cannot admire this is the washington post the press because it's inconsistent with her function in our democratic system when the story of Justice Ginsburg's career is written, there will be many highlights. Her pioneering work as a lawyer advocating women's rights. Her many trenchant opinions on the high court in defense of American society's underdogs. Her performance this week, alas, confirms her fallibility. And again, I read the famous saying, hypocrisy is the compliment vice pays to virtue those that are so virtuous really well sometimes their comments belie what's going on uh, president trump at the time uh very upset by the comments felt that it was out of line again this had never been done 
in a presidential election in recent memory where a sitting judge had Supreme Court judge of the United States Supreme Court had come out uh, with her very can and not in one article, three different publications, news articles, CNN, the Associated Press, the New York Times. These are major publications all in July. Now, to her credit, uh, she did say that she regretted the, her remarks saying they were ill-advised on July 14th, of course, after they were out. The Washington Post on July 13th reported that the Ginsburg-Trump feud had, quote, gone nuclear with Trump calling on Ginsburg to resign and saying, quote, her mind is shot. This again was in 2016. He also tweeted, if I win the presidential election, we will swamp Justice Ginsburg with real judges and real legal opinions. So again, that's what happened. We had two Supreme Court justices confirmed. We will now have a third. This will shift the balance of the court to a decidedly conservative court. One of the problems, the concern lately has been these 5-4 decisions. Very, very, very disturbing. Her request to her granddaughter that uh, please don't let the big bad wolf into the... Uh, into the you know, take my cookies. Well, that's not going to happen. You know, we appreciate the sentiment, but you proved long ago in 2016, you're partisan. Try to legislate from the bench. This is something that has been a problem really since 1993. So anyway, great news for America. Before the election, you know, Obama had asked Ginsburg to step down during his election. He could see the handwriting on the wall, but she couldn't. He could see the long-term consequences because, as he said, elections have them. Elections have consequences. Because who you elect, that's why this upcoming election in November is so important, which we'll find out from Barb. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that the president has been nominated for not one, but two, two Nobel Peace Prizes. And if you know the Nobel Committee, that is amazing, absolutely amazing. What's going on in the Middle East, my friends, is nothing short of remarkable, absolutely remarkable. America is a strong force in foreign relations, as evidenced by the peace negotiations signed this week in the Rose Garden, and you didn't see anything, hardly anything in the media about it. This is historic. This is historic. Said it couldn't be done. Old John Kerry, old swift boat Kerry, still trying to carry the water for the Obama administration, can't acknowledge the failures of eight years. And here we've seen nothing but success in three. You talk about people that have fought this administration since 2016, even before RBG made her comments in July, even after the election, question the legitimacy, question that people interfered when really they were the ones that interfered. Donna Brazil, what's that, uh, the Catholic, Wasserman Schultz had to step down as the president of the DNC the day before the convention because of her shenanigans, trying to get rid of Bernie Sanders. I cannot believe the Democratic Party has morphed into what they are, a shell of, what's they, of what they once were. Protecting the American worker, so they say. Now, 
What, what, what a pathetic excuse for a party. And this is just such a great thing that has happened to America. It's such a great thing that will happen with this nomination that will happen before the inauguration. Don't worry about the election. Don't worry about your, uh, the election. Keep your eyes on the prize. And those conservatives that won't support this, well, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not conservative. You're not looking at the big picture like Obama was when he asked RBG to step down under his presidency because he knew, he knew the stakes. And if you can't see him, if you want to play nice, if you think the Democrats are going to start playing nice, you know, respect the wishes, respect the dying wishes, well, forget it. Forget it. They've never played nice. That, that, uh, that exercise of, you know, sitting across the aisle and with each other, give me a break. Remember Nancy Pelosi tearing up the State of the Union address? What do you think she's going to... Well, thank goodness. Thank goodness. The House of Representatives have nothing to do with this. The Senate does. And Mitch McConnell is exactly right when he says that it's different. Different! Than the end of Obama's term, 11 months in, when Anthony Scalia passed away on a hunting trip. And Obama tried to appoint... Gorsuch, I think it was Gorsuch, wasn't it Gorsuch, to the uh, Supreme Court, whoever it was, never even got any traction because they did not hold the Senate. This is different now. We hold the Senate and the presidency, two of the three houses, or two of the three branches. So again, this is a, a great, a great, great opportunity for America. Oh, let's go on. Very little 9-11 coverage, did you notice? Very, very little. I watched the Sunday news programs. Uh, very, very little. Fox had a little bit. Some of the others, they just, 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 it's, it's so sad that after 19 years, uh, we really have seemed to forgotten in a lot of ways. And, and definitely we've forgotten the unity that the country showed in the days following, in the months following 9-11. There was a movement called the 9-12 movement. And we just seem to have forgot that. The fires in California, there's just no excuse for this. Absolutely no excuse. If you saw the president came to Sacramento, came to California, toured the fire-ravaged areas. Of course, Governor Newsom poo-pooed him. Was very contrite, uh, sir, respectively. You must look at the science. And Of course, they uh, poo-pooed uh, what President Trump said. You only saw part of the sound bites. It was not representative of the entire meeting. I was very pleased to see Margaret Mims, the sheriff for Fresno County there. I think that showed great leadership. And you heard from some forest management folks at the end of the 20 or so minute news conference there in the shadow of one of the Cal Fire uh, assault planes there. The had it beautifully shined up. Just looked wonderful president sitting there at the end and, and this gentleman explained that the dead fuel the load if you will the the brush load in the forest not just federal not just state you know everybody want well is you know me, 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 me. you know the state could take some responsibility i know this is hard for governor newsom to do but the forest load the fuel load the things that caused the fire four times according to this gentleman what it was in 1930 and you can see this in pictures. There's a lot of great uh, photo uh, comparisons of what the forest floor looked like back in the day, back in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and today because the management practices are so out of touch with reality.
And again, we've let people with partisan uh, agendas, quite frankly, uh, direct how we manage our forests in a comprehensive, insane way. So it was refreshing to hear this gentleman from the state talk about the fuel load. And the other thing that I didn't even think about, but he said it helps with water. Because all that fuel load gets soaked up. It's all dead and dying. Of course, it decays with water. But that's not the point. It should flow over the land. This has been a problem with the bark beetle. Not enough moisture. The, the moisture we do get. Had the forest floor been cleared, maybe the moisture could have gone down to the roots instead of laying on top of all this dead vegetable matter. This is what this gentleman said. As far as water getting into our aquifers, water getting into our reservoir flowing down the hill you've seen it in high school and grammar school you know they got the hills on the right the valley on the left the hot sun evaporates the water it goes up it makes a beautiful white cloud drifts over the mountains the rain falls on the mountains gravity it flows down to the reservoir into the valley and it starts all over again but we've forgotten that we've forgotten these basic things forgotten these basic things and so forest management has gone by the wayside and we're impacting our water and i don't have to tell you how important water is so this gentleman when he said it trump you know being trump he interrupted he goes hydro because the gentleman said this is good for hydro replenishes our reservoirs that makes the turbine spin and trump interrupted and he said well hydro hydro's good i love hydro and he looked at governor newsom and he says you like hydro you must like hydro and newsom laughed he laughed, and he looked at the, the other liberal next to him that was trying to push climate change on the president as the reason that the forest fires happened, and laughed, and chuckled like, can you believe this guy? Hydro, hydro, <laughs> And what were we told? What were we told after that conference? Wind and solar, wind and solar, green energy, green energy. Of course, the next day, Kamala, she rode in on her private jet, the CO2 emitting private jet just to visit, to trespass on somebody's private property for a photo op in the new Timberlands. What a joke. What a joke the Democratic Party has become. What a joke. And they have the audacity to laugh at the president when he suggests that hydro is a good thing. It just shows you the direction that California is headed. Elections have consequences. Anyway, I would encourage people to watch that news conference, skip all the way to uh, the very end, about five minutes before the end, and that's the real story. That's the real story. They don't want to admit that forest management, what are you going to do? We're going to all drive Teslas and there's going to be no more fires. Give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, where are we going? Uh, candidates, Merced City, uh, the council, did. we got to get into these. I'll tell you, there's some real hoo-hoo. There's some real doozies in there. It's amazing some of the folks that come out of the woodwork that think we forget the Walmart Distribution Center, how folks work so hard to destroy 1,200 jobs in our community, to destroy an economy, and now, and now, want to be, want to be even considered for a seat on the city council. Boy, where are you going to lead us after that? We'll talk a lot more about that in later shows we only have a few minutes left it's hard to believe the bonus half hour goes so quick legislation to bring university of california into the city of merced has been signed my friends this has been signed mcoe 
Merced County Office of Education, more money than the Catholic Church, I think, at this point. Spending it like a sailor on Leo down on Broadway. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. They The Mondo Building, the Science Center, the, the this, the that, new equipment, new wages. I mean, it's just... It, and nobody's gotten laid off. Has any? Has any? Has anybody got laid? I don't think so. In our 21 school districts, of course, they oversee the budgets for all of that. Uh, just absolutely unbelievable. Anyway, they uh, had a uh, some legislation that Adam Gray hand carried again. You know, let's not get the businesses open, but uh, by God, we're gonna we're gonna develop that Virginia Smith Trust ASAP. It's what we call leapfrog development, my friends. I talked about it before. They're gonna use the yellow line down lake road that's the uh that's the uh boundary because the people over there on cardella dunn uh the north annexation area they're, they're not real crazy about coming on in i can't blame them after seeing the project at mckee and yosemite and what the city thinks reasonable development is but again i, I it's just an opinion just an opinion so the uh the way to go you know because again we want to bring uc merced into the city we want to uh when i say we the powers to be i'm not one of them the powers to be want to develop this Virginia Smith Trust because, again, it's right directly south of the UC, north of Yosemite Avenue, but it's not in the city. Doggone it. Doggone it. Now, the UC is already getting city uh, water and sewer. I know they're getting sewer. I don't know about water. I don't know if we're piping water out there. They're sucking it out of the ground. But now, with this legislation that's been approved, signed by the governor, so it's a, a done deal like that. You know, sexually abusing a minor. You know, they, he signed that legislation too. We'll talk about that. Again, so many things, my friends. Elections have consequences. Never forget that. Obama said that. So the uh, UC Merced, they're going to come in first. That was part of the legislation. You got to come into the city first. So now the new council, because I don't think this council is going to get to it. The new city council is going to be tasked with negotiating. Uh, the agreements, you know, how much it costs to bring the UC in, how much it costs to service them, which we're, we're basically doing now. And then the second, the second big one, folks, is bringing in the Virginia Smith Trust. I don't know how many acres it is, but you talk about a plum. I got to give uh, Steve Teaching over there, teaching our kids. No, developing. <laughs> Developer Steve Teaching. Really, really, really uh, a feather in his cap for that, getting that over the hump. A good a coordination. Uh, with everybody in regards to that. God, I can't believe how late this has gone. Can you believe the time, my friends? Hard to believe. We're out of time. Almost for the six, uh, the bonus half hour, 9 o'clock. I'll tell you, you've been here a long time. Let's see. What else? Pension reform. Merced County. The gravy train is over. Remember those old dog food commercials? Gravy train makes its own gravy. Well, the employees aren't able to make their own gravy now. No more pension spiking, and it's retroactive. Thank God. California Supreme Court upheld some pension reform proposed by none other than Governor Brown. Hey, a broke clock is right twice a day. So every once in a while, these liberal, lean-in-the-wind uh, Democrats, they, they get it right. They get it right. And pension reform, it was necessary because we were going broke. I mean, we're still going broke. We're still going broke, but but the pension reform here in the county of Merced, which has its own pension system, uh, really nice to see that, and we'll talk about some of the implications of that. But we're out of time for this segment of Merced County. See, I keep saying that. Citizen Watch. 
you know, if you haven't heard the news, tune us in. I'm here every day from 6 to 7 a.m. on the weekdays. And then Saturday, well, you've just listened to the bonus half hour, 6 and 8 a.m. if you miss those shows. Always online, 1480kyos.com. Click on the podcast. There we are, Citizen Watch. Right above Raj, Community Conversations. Hey, I couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Citizen Watch this week. I'm Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll see you later. No giveaways today. Next week, folks, promise.